0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Mentally Unscripted, uh, the place where you come to hear uh, two guys talk about complex topics and figure out new ways of discussing them with your friends and family. And uh, today is a real treat. It's our very first interview. So super excited to be trying something new. <laughs> and We're hoping the audio and the, uh, the internet gods and the, uh, the network gods grace us with good connectivity the entire time. Uh, we shall see. Um, mm-hmm. Scott's here as always. Scott, how are you today?
1: I'm doing good. How are you?
0: I'm I'm doing very well. I'm excited. It's Friday. It's a beautiful day out here in Montana, so can't complain. Nice. And uh, and with us today is George Silverman. And uh, George is someone that Scott and I came across uh, on the what we affectionately call the the money Twitter space. Although I think that's probably a poor description of it, but it's an area where people of Twitter aren't always. Ah, uh, going at each other's throats and trying to destroy their platform. Instead, they're trying to share useful information about how to do a variety of things, from thinking to building businesses to fixing your relationships. And that's kind of a space where we hang out. And uh, George has a really interesting background, uh, and we've interacted with him in the past. And so we wanted to bring him on and talk about his his past and and what he um, what he calls uh, mind skills. But uh, I guess before we even jump into that. George, welcome. Thank you for joining us, and and maybe you could give
2: us just a bit of your background. Thank you, thank you, for, thank you for having me. Um, I'm in. We, we'll start out. I know the questions when I when I go through my background. question should be how the how old is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> so, so i have done all that? So I'm in my 70s, um, and um, I hope that won't you won't hold that against me because I'm not one of these get off my lawn guys. Um, <laughs> okay. you, you called it you called it the uh, money Twitter. I prefer to call it self improvement Twitter, yeah. uh, but it is a really wonderfully constructive part of Twitter, um, where we don't yell at each other and we don't argue. Uh, we may disagree constructively, etc. But so uh, I've been hanging out with with you guys and a lot of other people and trying to give a little bit of uh, trying to give a little back. Um, I've had incredibly wonderful mentors all my life we may be able to get into that later but um if i live to be 300 years old i'll never be able to give back what i've been given from my mentors alone much less other people um so here here here's a brief sketch of my background i'm not going to tell you the schools i went to because i don't want to give any schools credit for my success because i didn't get it there uh we'll talk about that in a while But uh, my real life, uh, the life that's relevant here, started when I was seven, and I took up two things. The violin from Mrs. Green next door um, to my apartment, walking past her apartment one day, I heard the violin, knocked on her door, begged her for a lesson. My mother went along with it. And uh, uh, also my father, who was a pharmacist, was a very accomplished sleight-of-hand magician, very accomplished. Um, and he started teaching me magic since as early <laughs> as I can remember. I don't remember the time in my life when I was a non-magician. It goes back that far. So between my father and Mrs. Green, I learned a lot, not about magic and not about the violin, because both of them were superb at teaching me how to learn. They were teaching me. They were teaching me mental processes, and they happened to be using the violin and magic to be doing it. But they knew what they were doing, and they were doing it explicitly. Uh, Mrs. Green would say, "I'm not teaching you the violin. I'm teaching you how to reach goals. I'm teaching mm-hmm. you how to set goals. I'm teaching you how to learn things. I'm teaching you about mistakes. I'm teaching you about success. I'm teaching you about patting yourself on the back without dislocating your shoulder." You know, that that's what I'm teaching you. So I got very interested very early in mental processes. I originally called it mental navigation because I love the navigation analogy, knowing the course speed and direction and destination. Uh, but that's a little woohoo and abstract, and so I, I call it mind skills now. Um, so skipping ahead quickly, I became a teacher. Um, I became a school psychologist. Uh, in my studies of psychology, I did specialize in group dynamics and spent a lot of time learning about problem solving and decision-making. And I got hired as, f- from teaching and from, while well, I was still a PhD student, I got hired as an educational consultant to a small company that was doing preschool educations. And a, a preschool education private company, and I got fascinated by business. And a friend of mine, Ron Richards, and myself got uh, left that company with the blessing of the very wealthy president of the company that I was an educational consultant for. And we formed our own business, and it was the first audio social media company, <clears throat> almost exactly 50 years ago, called TeleSession, where we got together by conference call. There was no internet. There was not to be any internet for decades, internet as we know it. There was ARPANET, but that's different. Um, uh, we we um, started the company off of conference calls, and we inv- invited people just like it is on Clubhouse and Spaces, and now Green Room and Angle and a bunch of others. Um, we invited them to come and talk about their special interests. And I was fascinated as a group dynamics psychologist. I thought it wouldn't work. I thought it was, I was very skeptical. Um, I thought my friend Ron was crazy for experimenting with the conference call, but it was wonderful. Um, I, you know, I was trained up the gazoo about body language and facial expressions and even to watch people's skin color, uh, read their emotions, and all that, all of my training went out the window um, because it was audio only, but I soon tuned in to the rich expression of the human voice, which almost can't be faked. It's very authentic. Um, it tells you so much more than facial expressions, which are notoriously amb- ambiguous. If anybody doesn't believe that, they can go Google the ambiguity of facial expressions and they'll see some wonderful studies that show that people can't tell whether somebody's enraged or an orgasm by their, <laughs> by their facial expression.
1: I, um, usually both at the same time.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. We won't go there. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so I got very interested in that. And in the course of doing that, we couldn't make it financially viable. Uh, because the telephone company wouldn't allow us to bill. There's a whole lot of reasons. But in the course of that, I invented the telephone focus group. Instead of for the participants uh, to talk about their special interests, I said, what if we took these groups and sold recordings of them with the participants' permission, of course, to manufacturers as focus groups? And we started a bunch of experiments. And anyway, uh, I invented the telephone focus group, which I firmly believed and believe to this day is a better focus group than the the face-to-face focus group because of the psychological safety issue. Since people can't see each other, they don't intimidate each other, they open up, but nobody was buying that. They didn't believe me. They thought I was some kind of nut. They looked at me like I came down from Mars. They were not buying a better focus group. What they were buying was I could get people they couldn't get in face-to-face groups. So if you wanted, one of my first groups was Hoffman LaRoche came to me and said, we want to hear, we want focus groups of the leading experts of alcoholism clinics in the world. Uh, It'll cost us in those days. In present-day dollars, that would have cost, I don't know, a million to $4 million. Uh, I could do it in present day terms for $20,000. Um, so they said, well, if you can get them, it won't be as good as a face-to-face group. Uh, like you're saying, we don't believe that, but it'll be a whole lot better than interviewing them one at a time on the phone and it will be, we'll get what we want. And I said, fine. And if I don't get them, you don't pay. They said, well, that's a good, good enough deal for us. So we signed up all the pharmaceutical firms, virtually every single one, virtually every single one of the top 20 um, advertising firms. And then I had a tiger by the tail because I was a group dynamic psychologist, but I didn't know diddly about marketing. So I wasn't a marketing psychologist. Uh, I knew what marketing was, but I didn't know. So, you know, if so an advertising agency came to me and said they wanted know xyz they had to be pretty explicit about what xyz was because if i knew what i was going for i could get it i was a superb moderator but i wasn't a marketer but it turned out that i had uh, 20 to 40 of the world's greatest marketers as my clients so they taught me marketing a lot faster than i could teach them group dynamics and and uh i (laughs) and i had this laboratory where I'm listening to people many of whom are experts groups I kind of specialized in experts groups but I did mm-hmm. groups of housewives talking about pizza I did groups of 11 year old 11 uh, year olds also talking about pizza and the united nations and all kinds of things so I did every kind of category person you could want but the most were physicians and believe it or not farmers because you can't interview farmers they won't go off the farm um yep. And so we got we, we we did telephone focus groups of these experts, and what and that allowed me to have a private laboratory of how people make decisions and pr- solve problems. So I became like the world's greatest expert in word of mouth, and I wrote a book called "The Secrets of Word of Mouth Marketing," and became the word of mouth marketing guru because the other people who wrote about word of mouth, uh, Seth Godin, and um, other people there, they said, well, we can tell you about word of mouth, but, but you can't do anything about it. And I said, no, no, no. You definitely can do a lot about word of mouth and you can use it to influence people. And so I became very high priced word of mouth, marketing consultant made a whole lot of money and retired. And then the <laughs> pandemic and then the band, you know, living a wonder, living a wonderful, happy life. And then the pandemic hit. And I did a lot of soul searching and I came out of retirement to teach mind skills to the world because I think the world's in a very bad place. I -hmm. think that the most scary thing about the pandemic was not the virus, uh, not the fact that a virus could knock us off, but the fact that we didn't know how to think about it. We were totally at sea. Now, I'm trained in experimental psychology. I'm trained in how do you Read studies. I'm ex- trained in experimental design, all that stuff. You could call me a quote scientist, but I didn't have with all my background. I didn't know how, what to make of, of all the contradictory stuff. So I knew that the average person, they were totally at sea. So what do you believe? How do you, th- how do you think about high risk situations in which information is incomplete? In which, in which you have to make a decision today, mm-hmm. this afternoon, now, right now. How close do I get to that guy? Do I wear a mask? Do I go out of the house? You know, all that stuff. How do you make these decisions? So I got on Twitter and I started tweeting. <laughs> and kind of the rest, as they say, is history. That's Met so a true. lot of really wonderful people. Had a huge amount of fun. It's a no-lose situation because I'm having a ball, having the time of my life. If people take it seriously, fine. If it helps a lot of people, it's just, you know, helping a lot of people, it's just amazing. A couple, uh, like yesterday, I was on the phone with some guy, some young 20-something some guy from India, another guy from Africa, and they are asking me about how do you deal with people who ask you embarrassing questions? Uh, and I'm helping some guy from India and India, some India and, and Africa, w- deal with their embarrassment. Yeah, how cool is that? I mean, yeah, that is just, just an amazing yeah. thing.
0: In, in a lot of ways, it feels like it's it's one of the um, those sort of real gifts that we have in 2021 oh. uh, that we, we we never seem to view as that right. Like we we, we, we have kind of we have
2: them. we have repealed geography. That's what I used to say. That's what I used to say about oh, the conference call. You know, the conference call, I'd have a, you know, the world's leading experts in uh, hematology, for instance. Um, and one guy's in Geneva, Switzerland, and another guy's, you know, on and on and on. Got cool. eight or ten of the, of the world's leading people with or 300 years' experience between them, all on different co- – some of whom have gotten up in the middle of the night to be part of my focus group because they didn't want to miss it. They wanted to be on – With all their professional friends. Um, And we have literally repealed geography now once and for all. And uh, we're never going back. The human race will never be the same.
1: Well, we've got one great quote here. (laughs) We have repealed geography. (laughs) That's that's going in the show. If nothing else comes
2: out of this, then we've got that, right? Yeah. But for what end? To what end? See, it's not just. Okay, so the old expression is you can't be two places at the same time. So now you can. So now you can be stupid in two places instead of one. <laughs> you know? So, you know, you, you it depends on what you use it for. You've got to use it for good. You in know, uh, go ahead. Yeah, so I, I'm
0: curious. Uh, first of all, there's that, that background is just, um, it's <laughs> it's exceptionally rich with a lot of, I mean, it's it's a good life. You've lived a good life. I'm going to say that. I think that's a factual statement. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, you know, COVID kind of, uh, I, I think, yeah, f- same with the, the two of us. Scott and I sort of looked at what was happening during COVID. And I, I know that's when I reached out to him and talked about doing a podcast. And a lot of what I saw was um, was concerning to someone who I, I, f- I feel like is very skeptical. I struggle with um, authority. Um, not that I don't think that there has to be some chain of command or the way we follow it, but it has a lot to do with, uh, I think it's just sort of, uh, say say that again,
1: there doesn't need to be a chain of command. (laughs)
0: Okay. We, we have the, we have the, the anarchist over here. That's, that's true. We have different (laughs) opinions about that, but, um, what, what, but I, I struggle with that. I guess just kind of curious, George, was it just COVID or have you seen sort of this, sort of movement towards sort of what you're concerned about. Has it been building for a while Was or oh, last yes. year? Did-
2: no, it's been building a while. I have been shaking my head in puzzlement for a long, long, long time uh, at my fellow human beings who can't seem to have a civil discussion. And this is not new. This is from back from when I was in college. Before then, um, it was a people just it always amazed me people argue and they it's funny because i had two mentors both of whom utterly refused to argue with anybody mm-hmm. um Haim Gannat was a great psychologist who who uh, wrote between parent and child it was a really great authority on how you treat children um and uh, I knew Ayn Rand very well. Um, and she wouldn't argue. She wouldn't debate. People would continually invite her to debates. She said, "No, don't, don't debate. You can interview me. I can tell you my philosophy. I'll tell you my opinions. I'll give you my reasons for my opinion. But no debate. Because um, the, the person with a more nuanced opinion and well-thought-out opinion is always at a disadvantage in a debate never has enough time to fully develop their ideas. So I've been kind of marveling at people in this, in this world who are just at the fifth grade level of social skills and critical thinking. They don't know how to manage their emotions. They've never studied problem solving. They've never studied decision-making. Um, they, they have, they have been that's the other thing i marveled at as a kid people fill their heads with facts they fill their heads with information like the studying to be on jeopardy but <laughs> but they are they do not fill their, themselves with skills mm. and that's what i learned the most from being a young kid that the it's the skills that count mm. particularly the skill of self learning so while teachers were busy trying to teach me i was busy trying to learn not from them but mm-hmm. from the outside books i was reading and all this other stuff trying to appease them to the minimum le- stuff in school so i could get on with my real learning and yeah. um, I, I i mean i'm just <laughs> there's <laughs>
0: That may be actually a great way to segue into what I, I know. We brought you on here to talk about one topic. I feel like Scott and I could probably talk to you for for twenty four hours straight about a variety of topics. But maybe for the sake of the audience, we'll we'll bring it back to, to mind skills. Sure. Um. So so I, I have you have a great uh, pin tweet on your account on Twitter, and it has sort of your concepts about mind skills. I'm going to read uh one of them because I think it's the definition that you give. So it says, mind skills are the methods and techniques for effectively operating your mind in a variety of functions, such as thinking, managing emotions, self-education, being more creative, and putting these into action.
2: Yes. That, so that's, well well that's your... said. <laughs> well said.
0: So, I I can read. It's it's Friday, and I can read. I'm I'm proud. <laughs> Um. So, so this is this this encapsulates um all of your thoughts on on these the, the, the skill set uh, that you think
2: that people need to be working to develop and grow. Well, no, that's not the full skill set, but but there are basically three mental areas, three things your mind does. This is well acknowledged in psychology. This is not really a debate. There are the three major branches of psychology: is thinking or cognition. Feeling or emotions and doing or behavior. Those are the three broad areas of psychology. And there are sets of skills that are domain specific or job specific, like how to take apart a faucet if you're a plumber, or how to how to cut out a particular piece of the brain if you're a brain surgeon. Those are the, the, those are your, your job skills. Um, but there are other skills like how did that plumber and how did that surgeon learn those things? They have, they had general mind skills of learning. They, they learned how to learn. So they learned how to practice. Mm-hmm. They learned how to be an idiot. They learned how to be a klutzy idiot. Um, They learned how to tolerate that and be proud of that and be proud of their improvement. They learned how to practice. So they learned the meta skills. That's what the mind skills are. They're the skills that cut across all areas of your life. Again, like learning, like problem solving, like um, being able, and they cut all these, every one of these mind skills cuts across all the major areas Uh, Again, of uh, of thinking, feeling, and action. There is no mind skill that doesn't cut across all of those. So even something really cerebral like uh, critical thinking. Well, critical thinking for what? And you have to communicate those critical, your critical thinking. So that's going to involve interpersonal relationships. That's going to involve all kinds of other learning. It's going to involve all kinds of feeling. Critical thinking arouses all kinds of feelings about what happens when you find out you're wrong. What happens when somebody else says something that's egregiously wrong and dangerous, you get angry, you get, you know, uh, and critical thinking implies action. How are you going to put this into action? So there's nothing that doesn't cut across all areas. And the other thing about skills is I really should name this like the, uh, um, conservation of skills, um, like the conservation of energy. No skill goes unwasted. Let me repeat that. No skill goes unwasted. Because, at very least, if you're learning some esoteric skill as a plumber, how to uh, fix some toilet that's one of a kind, um, you're still learning how to learn. You're still learning how to get yourself to do something where you feel incompetent. Um, so no skill goes un- get, is wasted. It all every skill is connected to every other skill, unlike knowledge. Like who what were the years of the Crimean War? Who the hell cares? What the hell was the Crimean War? I don't know. I real I picked the Crimean War because I don't del- I deliberately don't know anything about it. But now, if you ask the deeper questions, why do people go to war? What's what do people do about anger? What do people do about um, territory and com- and stealing things and conquering one's neighbor? Now you're into some very interesting topics that do transfer. So, um, so, so I. I- I, I want to kind of tease that out a little bit
0: because I know uh, before we started the conversation, uh, we shared sort of our the purpose of our podcast is to to talk about some of these uh, various topics and use mental models to explore them. And you said you like mental models, but they were incomplete um, or perhaps a subset of these meta skills that you uh, you think is is more robust as, as a set of tools and. Uh, what you just described in terms of saying I don't I don't know exactly all the details of the Crimean War, but I have a series of questions that I can ask. To me, that starts to go down the path of first principles. Exactly, uh, right. And so, I, I guess, how do you contrast in your mind uh, mind skills versus uh,
2: mental models? Okay, uh, to do this, I want to challenge you and challenge Scott and Paul to give me two or three mental models. Just name two or three mental models that you think most of your listeners would be familiar with. You already named one, first principles. First principles, right. Name two two more. Scott?
1: Uh, let's go with the map is not the territory.
2: Perfect. N- name another one. Uh, entropy.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's a good one.
2: Okay. All right. So, my... M- I first of all, I love mental models, so I'm gonna say some, crit- some things that are critical, but they're only cause I think they don't go far enough. Mm-hmm. They are wonderful um, but like some things, they don't go far enough and I'm not talking about your girlfriend um they they um mental mental models are 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 kind of recurring patterns in reality. I think Shane Parrish described it as that. They are frameworks. They are things you notice. Well, patterns is perfect. The things you notice that are recurring, that happen all the time, and then things that you want to do about those things. Some of them are principles or laws. Some of the... The mental models, if you get the 50 mental models or the 100 mental models, or Shane has got, I think, 130 mental models, whatever, you look at that list, excuse me, you look at that list, that list is a hodgepodge of observations, principles, uh, you know, when this happens, do this, they are a set of laws, maybe like the Dunning-Kruger effect or the Entropy is a, is a law of entropy. Um, they are a, a whole bunch of things. And what they don't you usually, some of them are what to do. And now you're getting more toward mental, toward mind skills. Some of them are, I'm trying to think of one offhand. Not, nothing comes to mind, but it will. Um, what I would ask about, first principles is that Elon Musk is talking about all the time, the law of fundamentality that Ayn Rand always talked about. Um, The going from what gives rise to the concepts, going back to the basics, going back to the foundational, all of that is really, but how do you do it? so So that's the that mind skills teaches you okay if you're in the area of thinking and fundamentals or essentializing or first principles they're all related um maybe identical um ask yourself what are the facts of reality that give rise to this concept if i got rid of this concept why would i have to reinvent it that is a is an approach it's a it's a question to ask it's actually a question that ayn Rand taught to me um that is a specific question to ask in a situation where you're trying to go back to the basics the fundamentals trying to understand them um so and there are many many other techniques but what so what 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 mental what what um Mental models are mostly lacking, with some notable exceptions, is the how to's, the if then, the what if. And it's also, they need to be more contextualized. For instance, the mental model of circle of competence. Well, yeah, that's a great model for investing, it's a terrible model for being a student if you stay within your area of competence you're not going to grow and gr- you're not going to grow now investing isn't about growing it's about making money so you stay you you invest in what you know about um in l- gaining knowledge you 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 invest in what you don't know about so yeah. all of these have to be contextualized they have to be Looked at from the standpoint of, okay, so I learned the law of entropy. So what does that do for me? What does that mean in my life? How am I going to use the law of entropy this afternoon? Hmm. How can I benefit from, How can? what can I teach my kids? I could teach them the law of entropy and they'll sound smart to their teacher, but that's really not what I want to teach them. Yes. What I want to teach them is, I want to teach them about what a system is, and how energy has to be in, introduced into a system, or the system will fall apart. And I want to teach them about anti fragility, which is very closely related to entropy. Kind of the opposite, um, in one respect. And uh, so it right it brings up all kinds of interesting, um. Mind skills, uh, which is how, to, how do I spot ent- uh, how do I spot entropy? How do I spot anti fragility? How do I take advantage of it? How do I get myself from a situation of decline entropy to um, more better organization to to anti fragility? How can I set up something so that the more stress that's on the system? The better off the system gets.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: How can I do that? I'm, I'm struggling with that right now. How can I get a bunch of people together to work on mind skills? Uh, I'm not going to live forever. Um, how do I? How do I do that? Um, how do I do that in a way that when people come to us with a really important question, we can we can launch into action.
1: Yeah, that's So. That's- that's really interesting. Um, one question, well, not really a question, but it, I mean, would it be fair to say that in your view, mental models are more descriptive, whereas mind skills takes the next step to
2: more prescriptive.
1: Prescriptive. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: Yes, I think. Yeah. And there are prescriptive mind skills. I, I, I would have to look at a look a, a list of them. Right. Uh, uh, um, but um, I love Shane Parrish's one. I love Ness Labs's. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, both of them. I'm great admirers of both of them, um, of both Shane and Law, um, and uh, you know, they they they're a great background, and they're wonderful for teaching. They're wonderful heuristics. They're, um, you know, they're 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 terrific, um, but a lot more attention has to be placed on, okay, so what's the system? What's the, uh, the, some of them are cognitive biases. Mm -hmm. So how do we spot that cognitive bias? How do we use it? How do we, some of them are heuristics, which are rules of thumb. Well, a rule of thumb is not a scientific law. But it's damn useful. Mm-hmm. So how do we know the difference? How do we, most of our lives we operate not on scientific principles but on rough rules of thumb? So how do we how do we do those? Um,
0: I, yeah, and I, I guess a question becomes as you're talking about that: How do you develop better rules of thumb? <laughs> As yes. a starting point, uh, based on, uh, I mean, it's easy to say. Well, listen, if you had the right path and you had the right teachers and you were the, the uh, accelerated student, you could get all that down. But I imagine all of us are going to have bumps in the road, right? Where we're mm-hmm. we're, right. we're learning what works and what doesn't, and we're being taught things that are aren't true or or actually faulty
2: uh, that we need to relearn or unlearn. Right, exactly. And by the way, I thought of two uh, two two examples of uh, mental models that are that are kind of prescriptive. Um, One is the, um, the inversion principle, which is the process of looking at a problem backward. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead of brainstorming forward ideas, imagine everything that could make your project go terribly wrong and work, work backward. So that's kind of prescriptive. Uh, There's also backward chaining, which is very similar in practicing practice. You can't do this with everything, but, uh, the things you can, like you want to learn a violin concerto, learn the last page first, then learn to the second to the last page, then, and learn it backwards that way. And by the time you get to the beginning of the concerto, you can start on the first page and sail through it with each page getting progressively easier because you practiced each of those page more, each successive page more than the previous page. So there's a, there's a principle of learning, uh, the inversion principle, um, or a cluster of inversion principles. Do st- consider doing it backwards is kind of the the, the overall mental model, and um, it's very useful for some things, not for skydiving, but for some things. <laughs>
0: I'm glad, I'm glad we put that cautionary, uh, <laughs> that hazard right. sign out right. there. For yeah. <laughs> some Don't skydive back everyone. Yeah. Anybody who um, listens
2: to this has to sign a liability waiver.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. We're not going to let you in. Um, right. you know, I, I identified, uh, looking through some of your literature, you, you said the, the the most foundational skill set, uh, mind skills are, and I, I found this and, and what I had listed here was self-learning, goal setting, problem solving, decision-making, managing emotions, and performing actions.
2: Yes. There's so one that, other thing that I would include before that, which is the back sort of the granddaddy of them all and the background to all of them, which is a process that I call going meta. Going meta, uh, I'll save you the trouble of asking. It, <laughs> I know you're, you're about to. Um, uh, going meta is knowing what process you're in while you're in it and being able to modify it while you're in it. So what process are we in right now? We're kind of in question and ask asking mode. You're asking questions. I'm answering, um, I'm anticipating a lot of your questions. So I'm making your job a little easier for you. You're not exactly, you don't exactly need to pry this stuff out of me. (laughs) um and uh so we're kind of in that mode um we're also in a humorous mode we're in um teaching mode but if i start going off you're going to say uh george it's getting a little off topic here let's let's go back to this issue we were discussing that's going meta so when you're, if you get into an argument with somebody and you're telling them why they're wrong, whoops, you go meta, you say, what am I doing here? Why are we having this conversation? And what's my part in it? Uh, well, this person pushed my buttons and said something that I think is really stupid and I'm setting him straight and that's really stupid because I'm not going to set him straight and he's not going you know, to, whole, this whole thing is fruitless. Either I'm going to walk away or I'm going to say, look, we have different ways of looking at things. I have a pers- I have one perspective. You have a different perspective. Are you interested in exploring our different perspectives, different viewpoints, different ways of coming at things? If you are, I'm perfectly happy to have an exploration with you. So if you I- want to prove me wrong... Uh uh-uh, uh, I'm not interested in having an argument. We're gonna we're gonna stop talking now. So you can't get me in an argument because I'll go meta on you, mm-hmm. and I'll and I'll do that. So there's no way you're gonna. There's no way you're gonna rope me into an argument. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. no way. Yeah, I you can't I, do it.
1: I think I have a t-shirt idea. I'm gonna go meta on you.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, right. I'll, yeah, coffee,
1: Yeah, coffee mugs. T-shirts, everything.
2: Go. I, I have a a a, 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 a um, medium article. That I'm very proud of called "Go Meta or Go Home." <laughs> yeah, I've. Uh, and I've, uh, that's the that's the t-shirt I want. I, yeah. I'm gonna. I am going to get a t-shirt. Okay. To, uh, <laughs> go meaning, to go, meaning to go to one of those uh, t-shirt sites and say, go go meta or go home, yeah. and then on the back maybe it'll say, "What's your point?" What's your point? <laughs> Or something I don't yeah. know. But, yeah, and
1: I uh, I encourage everyone to go read that article. We'll link to it in the show notes. Um, oh, I've read it. I've read it. I think three times, and it's it's an amazing article. Um, it, I got a lot out of it, and I'm sure our listeners will too. So, like I said, a good friend really of mine called
2: me notes. up after, after I published it. Good friend of mine called me up. I, I had no intention. This article was not about subject. I'm about to name. Um, I had no intention of going there. Friend calls me up and said. You just saved my marriage. I said, what? He said, we were in this incredible fight, and I re- remembered you saying, go meta. So I went meta, and we ended up laughing yeah. <laughs> yeah. and hugging, and then it went a little further than that. But, but um, it, 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 it applies to almost everything. Well, the, I, the, 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 so either you're in the driver's seat, you know, either you're running your mental processes or your mental processes are running you. Mm-hmm. And how you do it in a, in a word is you just pay attention. You keep asking yourself, what process am I in? What's the method? What's the technique? What, what am I doing? And is this what I want to be doing in order to be doing what I eventually want to be doing? And, um, that alone will focus you yeah. and you do this I don't know, 10 times a day, as many times a day mm-hmm. as you can for a month or two or three or a year, and eventually you will have this kind of self-monitoring capacity where you're kind of watching your own mind with a, a little piece of your mind, 2%, I don't know, is 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 off to the side watching this amazing thing that's going on mm. is your mental process, yeah. process
1: that's, that sounds like a wonderful tool. Um, I heard some advice recently, and um, I may not get it 100% correct, but it was along the lines of when you're having a discussion with someone, there's some sort of a disagreement, each person should just step back and rate a number according to how important that decision is to them. Mm-hmm. So say you're having a discussion over what to have for dinner. You, know, you rate it on a scale of one to 10, a five. The other person rates it an eight. Um, so that's, it's just kind of a way of putting things in perspective of over who it's more important to, um, is that an example of going meta?
2: Exactly. One technique. Yes. There's one technique. Now it doesn't, your, your discussion might not be over a decision. It might be over a, whether X politician is a psychopath.
0: Right. Yeah. It could
2: be, Mm -hmm. it could be, over a government policy, it can be over who should I vote for. That's a decision, right. but it could be, it could be, um, so, it, but it's a, it's, it's a, it's a view of what's the process we're in here. What are we, mm-hmm. what are we doing? And is this what we want to be doing? Yeah. Yeah. It's so kind why of a- are we having, why are we having this discussion? Why are you having a podcast? What are you trying? Now you're clear on this. We've discussed this before. So, but there are a lot of people doing podcasts. They don't have a clue of what, what they're doing, why they're doing it, what what they want the world to be, if they're successful, you know, what are the mm-hmm. changes in the world they want to happen, assuming they're successful, um, they don't. They just don't give much thought to the meta processes. Yeah. So that's the meta. That's the and learning how to learn is, of course, a meta process yeah. too. Right.
0: Yeah, I, I wanted to ask that question because of, of all the ones listed here for foundation, I find that the meta, as you described it, is the most lacking when I speak to people. And yes. my, my observation is that um, the circle, excuse me, the, the circle of topics that we can discuss that are apolitical is shrinking uh, and more people feel the need to talk. And when I use political as sort of a, um, a substitute maybe for, for just a variety of topics that are charged. Right, that people feel that sure. they have to have a tribal allegiance towards, and so um, I, I guess with your experience, having studied this for the length of time you have and just observed, are we are we at a unique period where people are unable to go meta, or is this a, a phenomenon that's been going for a long time and now it's just more, you know, we would we would uh, achieve more value by going meta? What, I think what's your take on that?
2: I think it's been, I, I, it's, oh, it's clearly been going on forever. Certainly been going on since I was a kid, mm. at least, <laughs> but I'm sure it's been going on for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Um, but we've lost our capacity to have mutually respectful, constructive discussions. Um, we have banned ver- various things from being discussed. Now, my younger days, um, uh, advocating for capitalism was banned. Mm-hmm. Also advocating for communism was banned. Um, uh, you know, depending on whether you're on the left or the right, right. Uh, you get in a lot of trouble for advocating socialism or advocating communism, or ad- certainly advocating fascism. Um, uh, and uh, even using the word fascism, I could say, you know, um, uh, what we have here in the United States is, uh, government control of ostensibly private industry. Everybody would nod. Yeah. The government control regulation of private industry. Uh, and I would say, you know what that's called? So, no, it's yeah. fascism. And they'd say, wow, whoa, whoa. I used, the, I used the F word, you know, and, and they can't unpack it from its emotional charge. Now, of course, it's very emotionally charged with totalitarianism and the deaths of millions of people Mm -hmm. and all kinds of tyranny. And it does eventually, I would argue, lead to tyranny. That's my whole argument there, but, but it gets so emotionally charged. Now you can't discuss, um, white supremacy. You can't discuss white privilege. You can't discuss all the wokeism topics. You can't question them. You can discuss them as long as you're agreeing with people. But right. if you if you call these things into question you get canceled. Well this cancel culture is a sign of deep 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 insecurity. You know if you go and you you tell college students I don't know if you saw this Korean student was talking about how she's told what to think in Columbia University. She said I escaped from North Korea so I would yeah. the people wouldn't tell me what to think and then I went to Columbia and they told me what to think and I couldn't question all these things they were teaching me. That's what I came here for. Right uh, Now, that's been going on since I was uh, in, in college, too. But uh, it's its its the worst I've ever seen it. It's getting worse. Twitter, unfortunately, has been contributing to it. Yeah. And a lot of the other social media, it's I, a mess. But it'll hit I, bottom and it'll turn around. And, and yeah. what makes you, when you say that, are,
0: do you put a probability around that? Is it just because of your... Understanding of, of history and the cycles that we go through. How, how do you say it will turn around? What gives you confidence to say
2: that? Um, course, we'll all be dead if it doesn't. It's got to, <laughs> it's got to turn around. Right. It's you now people. People can say defund the police all they want to say it, but eventually, uh, crime is going to get so high in some area, like Buckhead right now in Atlanta, they want to secede from Atlanta. So people will just get together, and they'll form their own entity, and they'll do what they want to do. Uh, And people will try different experiments, and some experiments will work. Some experiments won't. And, um, you know, what amazes me is people have these endless debates about gun control, but they won't try an experiment. Okay, let's take two matching cities, and we'll do this in one city and that in another city, and let reality dictate what what the best policy is. Uh, no they care about it's got to come out this way or that way um but who cares people people will learn because the consequences are getting really really bad people are getting canceled people are get, and and there's a point at which people aren't going to stand for it the conservatives went and formed parlor which died because it got killed but mm-hmm. um uh, they'll form other things the the right wing the left wing they'll all form their own things where they have freedom to talk about what they want to talk about and they'll want to hear what the other people have to say. so they'll start including each other. Yeah. It's all you know I hate to sound like a dial- like the dialectic, but it you know you it, it you get reaction and then you get re reaction and people learn from the extremes. So I hope it gets even worse before it gets better so we can see it more clearly. So um,
1: building, building on your example of gun control and people not wanting to experiment, one thing I've been thinking about recently is the, the people in power, they like having the divisiveness, the discord. Yes. So they don't want answers. They just want yeah. to keep arguing. Do you, do you, how much would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, totally. Okay. The incentive, you, as Charlie Munger said, as a, as a mental model – uh, look for the incentives. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that one of his mental models?
1: Yep. And we, I think we say it in every episode of our podcast. And okay. matter. Yeah. Look
2: for the, where are the incentives? Well, the politician is good at one thing, one indisputable thing. This, you can't, this is not open to question, not open to dispute. As every politician has proved themselves capable of getting elected. So they're good at one thing, getting elected. Mm-hmm. Then their skill set be- begins to drop off rather rapidly. <laughs> they are not good problem solvers. No. Entrepreneurs uh, are problem solvers. Uh, you want problem solvers? Go to a bunch of entrepreneurs. Tell them your problem. Tell well, them your, your, your hassles and they'll invent something like right away. Well, I, and I have a question for that
0: um, because I, I struggle. I've been thinking a lot about this because it's easy for me to come down hard um, on politicians uh, because of all the reasons you just mentioned, but then I, I guess maybe it's my attempt to try and go meta. I start to look at the system uh, and ask, how is the system designed? Because they're operating within a set of incentives, uh, yes. and so individually they are incompetent. Collectively, they're, they're suicidal. But they're good at what they do. They get uh, they get elected, and but I just wonder: is the system has to be set up? How do you how do you think about those the interplay between you know the individual person. I mean, I have to imagine there's at least some people that go into that. Um, okay, go, field. go Okay, go
2: meta, and mm-hmm. notice what you're doing. What you are doing is you are go you, you are practicing right now. I don't know if you realize it, but you are practicing first principles. Think about what you just said. You 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 started questioning. Basically, what you were saying, not in so many words, what's the nature of government? Let's Mm -hmm. go back to first principles. Let's look at how do we set up a society? Okay, I I know what to do when I'm here alone. Now I'm with a couple of people. How am I going to act with a couple of people? How am I going to act with a whole bunch of people like my neighborhood? How is my tribe going to interact with their tribe? How are we going to keep people in line in our tribe? Yeah, um, and let's look at the function. Let's look at the at the um, at the incentives. Maybe we need to make up a mythology or a religion. Maybe we need to threaten people with violence. Maybe we. How do we get people to behave? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a fundamental question that people have been asking. I'm sure since there were. Since we were cavemen, that's right. Going back forever, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: It's yeah, and I'm sure as if if we know that that's the case, uh, that we know that that question will will endure and be asked for uh, the next thousand uh, or two
2: thousand years. Yeah, the founding fathers got together and said, "What if we? What if we started a country based upon freedoms?" While well, they had slaves, by the way, but that was that was just inconsistency. Uh, not it was not. Ju- I don't mean the word just because mm-hmm. that that's not the way the slaves felt about it. About it, but but um, uh, we we founded on an ideal, very interesting ideal. It was a wild experiment. If you go back to that time, what if you let people do what they want to do? Holy crap! What a crazy idea! That is a crazy idea.
0: Yeah, you
2: yeah. know, and and it worked it works and until it doesn't (laughs) (laughs) and um, or until people begin to interfere and tinker. Yeah. Um, And then you got the whole, you know, so, but you're you're approaching it exactly right. How do you, how do we think about this area of thinking? How do you think about thinking? It's metacognition as the psychologists like to call it, but there's meta, there's meta, um, there's meta feeling, which is how do we feel about our feelings, and how do we think about our feelings, and um, so it's all going back to basics. It's all going back to is this the process I want to be in, or is there some other better process to be in? Is this the best strategy? Is this are these the best tactics and techniques and methods? Um, so yeah uh, and we are we need to rethink what's going on here in this society. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're on the left or the right I have no idea uh, but everybody know I think everybody who's conscious on the left or the right knows we're in some trouble here and and uh, things are not proceeding well right and if we're going to get into real bad financial tr- trouble and the bit and the the uh, cryptocurrency thing might collapse and All kinds of things are going to happen, Mm -hmm. and we're not going to know how to think about them, right? Because we don't know. If you ask somebody what's money, they're not going to be able to tell you. They don't. People don't know what money is. (laughs) The simple, basic things like that. Yeah. They don't know what a government is. They don't know what they have not gone back and reexamined these things according to first principles.
1: Yeah, I would definitely yeah. agree with all of that. I think that was a, a wonderful insight.
2: Thank you. So what I'm trying to teach in mind skills is how do you go about doing that? And it's a gigantic, oh, and, and if I live to be 300, and it's still, my work will not be done. So um, it's it's a bit off a lot and I'm yeah. trying to make progress. I'm, what I'm trying to do is uh, I'm writing a book called The Mind Skills Playbook um it's uh i'm writing it in public it's a mess which i know and and uh, everybody knows um but i'm putting it out there so i'm putting it out there on a rome graph uh rome is a one of the tools for thought like obsidian and notion and all those things uh it's a note taking super 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 note taking note connecting thing um my uh the Website is uh, I think it's Bitly b i t dot l y slash Mind Skills Playbook all, all lowercase. Going Meta is capital Going capital Meta on Bitly, um, and uh, I'm writing it in public. And what I'm trying to deliver to people my sort of solution to not presenting you with a mountain or a mountain range of things you have to learn for the next 40 or 50 or 60 years is I'm trying to give people simple templates, what I call templates. They're just a list of six or eight or 10 questions to ask. So when you're trying to solve a problem or when you have a disagreement with people or when whatever, um, you go to this template, And in in Rome or in Notion or in your head or in a piece of paper, God forbid, um, you jot down your answers to this thing and you think it out. It's a framework to think things out in. Mm. So if you have an unwanted emotion, you keep getting hit with anger. You're always angry, angry at something. So you have this unwanted emotion. How do you approach how do you analyze what an emotion is? What is it trying to tell you? And then when you got the message of what it's trying to tell you, how do you have a dialogue with your emotion and get it to behave itself or get it to turn into something constructive? Because anger can be, taught, can be turned into enormously constructive energy. You know, you get pissed off enough and you turn into an Elon Musk and you go to Mars <laughs> you know, you get you get pissed off enough and you invent the Apple computer. You know, and on and on and on. So, a lot of great things have happened from people getting very very angry.
1: Yeah.
2: Um yeah. I'm so, pissed,
1: pissed off enough to try to send the politicians to Mars.
2: Yes. <laughs> so, um Okay. Uh, so, I um, the amount of idiocy on both sides, but yeah. the the idea is I'm trying to prevent so uh, present people with, with a template. If you want to have a constructive discussion with somebody, here's the ground rules. Here's here's what you need to say to the other person. And and you have to indicate that you're willing to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Because nobody's going to listen to you unless you they know you're listening. And there are techniques like repeat back what the person said. Nobody's going to listen to you until you've repeated what they've said and they got that you got it. Mm-hmm. It's a simple technique you probably learned in the fifth grade and then forgot. As our egos took over and wanted to be heard rather than understood. Yeah. People don't get it. So So I think that if I develop these little templates and I'm encouraging other people to do them and share them with me so I can share them with other people. You know, you have a little five-step process to do X. Tell me what that process is. Let's oh, make it easy for all yeah, of us.
1: That's, that's great. Yeah. Let's yeah. Let's get this open sourced and just get
2: everyone you got everyone it. sharing. And um, you can uh, actually write on my rom. You can write in my book in the Wine Skills Playbook. You can't erase anything that you haven't put in, but you can add stuff to you to you. You can put on a pa- You can put your own page in there. Um, and uh, you know I will comment on it and incorporate it into my part of it. Uh, A couple of people have already done that. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I'd like to get going. Yeah. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll link to this. I'm not selling anything. I don't have a Gumroad thing yet. Maybe I will. (laughs) I'm not precluding it, but, uh, you know, buy my $97, whatever. But um, uh, it would be a bargain. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not selling. I'm just trying to give back. Yes.
1: So, no plans to write a Twitter growth guide, the Mind Skills Twitter growth guide. <laughs> oh my god!
2: <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm at two thousand followers. I hope they're quality followers. Rather have twenty, two, two thousand high quality and who are committed to Mind Skills than twenty thousand. We're getting dopamine yeah. hits, yeah. But, exactly. Uh, that's about everybody who's at two thousand and wants to be at twenty thousand says. But <sighs> that's, that's, right. ne- that's Nevertheless, right. uh, well, I would love to be at fifty thousand or two hundred thousand, so that I could really wield some influence. I'd like yeah. to be able to influence people to think about what they're thinking about.
1: All right. Well, we'll, we'll, I- we'll definitely try to get you hyped up. We'll link to um, <laughs> we'll le- we'll link to your Twitter page. We'll link to your uh, Mind Skills Playbook. Um, link to your medium articles or anything else you want us
2: to direct people. Toward? No, no, no. I don't think, I think that's, that is about it. Um, that's, I'd that's love uh, and yeah. and give me the information so I can link to your uh, podcast.
1: Yeah, we and, definitely uh, will.
2: I love the, it sounds like a very productive podcast. I myself want to uh, subscribe to it. I will subscribe to it. Um, <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, I we, don't know where to, where to get it. This whole area of podcasts, is, is new to me. okay. And I'm getting more and more and more involved in the, uh, in the audio link. So you may want to look into audio some audio rooms and we can run some together if you want. Love to run audio rooms together. You can put it on your podcast or, yeah. or take uh, excerpts and put them on your, your podcast um, on uh, clubhouse spaces or now Green room. Okay. And uh, they're really wonderful. It turns out, because what I said before, uh, having invented the telephone focus group, I did about 10,000 of them. So it turns out that, yeah, over 50 years. Right. So it turns, I figured out like 18,000 hours of audio conferencing. So it turns out, and I was discussing this with Bo Han, um, who teaches, uh, uh, uh active in the Rome community, uh, we were talking one day and, Turns out that I am probably the world's most experienced audio moderator. <laughs> I do it in a different style than all the other people do it. Do it all all open mics, and but you have to have some skills, some chops to do that. Um, so I'm trying to teach people also how to moderate these kinds of group discussions. But I love the medium, and I love the the way people's minds just come together, and instead of a conflict, you get compliment. Uh-huh. Mm. You know, there's something you didn't see that I see and something I didn't see that you see or a new perspective. And the, the whole conversation takes a life on a life of its own. And you get this kind of collective consciousness in the best sense, yeah. not 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 the herd mentality, not groupthink, but the opposite of groupthink. Hmm. That is, each individual is performing as an individual way better than they would have performed if they were alone in their room somewhere.
1: Oh yeah, that's that's amazing. I just wonder when you're on Clubhouse, do you do you think like all you kids on here think that this is new and exciting? I was doing this 50 years ago.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I try not to say it because then, <laughs> then I become then I become the old fogey who wants to, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't want to become the old fart. You don't want to bring attention to the, the truth.
2: Old, right, get off of my lawn and open, <laughs> and open your mics. Uh, so I I, I don't want to, but. Um, yeah, I wish that people would would ask me a little more about audio, audio only uh, discussions. Uh, well,
0: George, I, I, I want to. I'm going to tell you right now. Um, it, we're about at the hour time, so I, I think well, we're, we're kind of reaching the end. Fine. But um, <laughs> I think I think we, we, we need to have more of these conversations with you because there's so much that I would love to explore conversationally uh, here with with the with the mind skills. I mean, you just dropped the, the big, you know, my conversation with Ayn Rand. You, you've got two people that um, are very interested in libertarian thought. Um, she's, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about that. That, that sounds like a oh, whole podcast. I can, I can podcast. tell
2: you some stories, including, we'll leave that for another time, but I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll drop the teaser on you. The, the time I met her was epic. Uh, she wouldn't let me take her picture. Because she was pissed at the last time she was at Brooklyn College, um, oh. <laughs> and they 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 did a very unflattering picture of her, and she wouldn't she wouldn't so she wouldn't let me take her picture, and I stopped her dead in her tracks, and she became and, and she not only did she let me take her picture, but she let me interview her for about an hour, and drive her home from from her speech, uh, and we became friends over that one incident where where she told me no and I confronted her in a way, you know, she didn't take shit from anybody. And so uh, <laughs> and so I, I could, I, I, but I confronted her and lived to tell the tale. Uh, and how I, I, I got to tell you that yeah. if you're interested at all, I'll tell you the real quick version yeah. of the story. She said uh, the, the the last photographer, very unflattering, got me in the middle, you know, with my mouth open and I, and, and I, and I looked at her and I said, Miss Rand. I have read Atlas Shrugged, uh, and I'm, in fact, reading it a second time. And I know for a fact that you are the last person on this planet that would believe in collective guilt, (laughs) and that's what you're doing to me. You are making me guilty for his sins. I am an admirer, and my picture will reflect that admiration. May I take your picture? She stopped and she looked at me and she saw I was dead serious. She said, Absolutely, go right ahead. Oh, I and know. I took, I took probably, I got to dig it out. I'll show it to you. I, mm-hmm. I, it's probably the best picture ever taken of her. She loved it. She signed it. Uh, I, I never published it, I, I, I kept it as a private treasure. Um, oh, wow. And it's yeah. probably the best picture ever, ever taken of her. And it's in the first minutes that I met her. Uh, but there are a lot of other stories uh, uh, that I, because I used to talk to her as a psych student, trying to give her stumpers and see how her mind worked. Because I knew she was the only, I was not going to meet, I was like a meeting Aristotle. I was yeah. never going to meet Aristotle because I didn't believe in an afterlife. And I didn't believe I was going to see him in the afterlife. So I I figured, man, this is this is my chance to to, to meet a genius beyond anybody who I would uh, I'm gonna ever meet. And she she went along with it. Yeah. You know. But <laughs> we'll talk more about it. Yeah, it? definitely. A lot, a lot of things to a lot of things to talk about. Yeah, too. that was an amazing yeah.
1: story. Yeah. Definitely have to hear more about that.
0: Oh okay. my gosh. George, yeah, you're definitely gonna have to come back and grace us with uh, Absolutely. some more stories.
2: You got, it. you got it. It's just a pleasure. Thanks for giving me the space to Hold forth and go on. And, you know, absolutely. And and
0: as uh, Scott said, we're going to share um, all the links in, in the show notes. Be uh, be out on the Twitter space uh, sharing um, the recording, and uh, so check yeah. it out. Uh, where, where, where do people listen to it? Uh, well, uh, so we have mentallyunscripted.com. dot um, is, uh, uh sort of the, the housing of, uh, the, um, the, the website that we have. And then, uh, it's published on all the different platforms, uh, where people can be listening to podcasts. Well, I, I say, <clears throat> I say all, I'm sure it's not all, but it's quite a few. you got iTunes, you have Stitcher, uh, you have, uh, Spotify and, and you can find it, uh, any of those locations yeah. and, any uh, idea what yeah, any idea what the numbers are. Uh, they're, 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 they're small, but we're going to, we're going to grow them. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
2: So it's um, mentally one word mentally on S C R Yeah. Mentally unscripted. Dot com. Yeah. So yeah. Got it. Put it in my room notes. I have um, it to be lost again. And, uh, yeah, I will. Yeah. Everything's got to start somewhere. So it's gotta uh, start somewhere. Absolutely. Just hold a, hold a high standard of excellence. And, uh, you will you will fill a much needed niche. <laughs> yeah,
1: we're, we're trying. We're we're working we're hard trying.
2: at it. Anything right. I can do to help? Absolutely, call upon me. I'd love to. I think your mission is noble, and uh, and uh, I wish you all the best. Awesome! Right, well, thank we, you. Yeah, yeah thank you, George. And uh, can't wait till our next discussion.
0: And for uh, for everyone, uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we will be chatting with you very
2: soon. Take care. And my DMs are open. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> okay. Ask me right, questions. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.